Radio is a production of She Thrives, a space designed to help you take care of you through a holistic and maybe sometimes unexpected approach to your own well-being. I'm Taylor Gage, your BS-free health and mindset coach, and your host who loves lifting heavy, laughing hard, keeping it real, and seeing you live like you love yourself. If you're looking to stop merely surviving and instead start thriving, well, you're in the right place. You ready? Hello, hello, my little donut holes. I feel like I need to stop doing this. I've, I've created a problem here. I've created a problem. We're just going to keep going. Today we are talking about productivity and overwhelm and how to manage it and navigate it a little bit. And so one of the things that I want to share with you guys is that I actually did an episode on overwhelm like way, way back in the very, um, in the very beginnings of this show. I don't have the number of the episode in front of me to reference, uh, but I think it's like in the first like 20 episodes that I ever recorded. So it's way back there, uh, which you can definitely go search for if you're interested. That episode on overwhelm was really more of like a tactical sort of like strategy filled episode with ways to kind of like break things up, break things down, make it not feel so overwhelming for you, perhaps sort of like um, get more uh, tactical about how you're approaching some of the things on your to do list if you're feeling overwhelmed. Uh, Today's episode is a little bit different. Like it kind of complements that because those things are certainly important. Learning how to, you know, take a big project or task and break it up into smaller things so it doesn't feel so daunting and actually something that you can take on. So today's episode is related, but this is a little bit more of a mindset approach that I wanted to share with you um, because ultimately the feeling of overwhelm itself is coming from our brains. It's not coming from the things, right? And so I wanted to tie in this idea of productivity. Um, sort of in balance with this concept of overwhelm for a couple reasons. Number one, you know, we are in year 73 of, you know, quarantine and dealing with COVID right now. It's just been going on forever. We all know. And I, I know that some of the chatter about productivity during lockdown has, has, has dissipated, particularly as a lot of places are moving out and lifting things and life is perhaps becoming more normal. But I also know that there's still a tremendous amount of pressure that people are feeling on themselves, are putting on themselves um, to be productive in this time in whatever capacity. I think in some ways having some things lifted and this is like, it's kind of, you know, like this appearance of life returning to normal perhaps is even putting more pressure on people because it's like, shit, my deadline is approaching. Like, what have I done for the first, like, you know, these last three months or, or more of, of my life. And uh, so I, I know that it's there. I know it's there because I speak to my students about it a lot and inside STA and in the extension program that has uh, become one of my just like, favorite places to teach and learn and coach. This is like a, it's a membership, a monthly membership program that, uh, for students who have gone through SDA, completed it, graduated, and want a little bit more community and support and coaching. And so we take the concepts of STA and we just go really deep and open them up. And so this is something that I've been teaching my students, talking to them a lot about. And so I wanted to bring this conversation to you in case you perhaps 
find yourself struggling a little bit with this idea of overwhelm and feeling like you need to be productive or having a hard time being productive um, because everything in your body is just saying you want to sit on the couch and stare into the void. So let's talk about it. I have four things I think here in my notes that I want to share with you, sort of tips, okay? So this is just sort of strategies to help you manage this con- the feeling of overwhelm and the concept of productivity. Okay, let's just dive right in. Okay, the first and arguably most important thing that we really have to understand about, in particular, the feeling of overwhelm is that it's not coming from the things themselves, right? A to-do list, a calendar, a list of um, tasks, whatever it is that you're looking at, that does not have the ability to create any emotional experience for you. It's a thing out there in the world and things out there in the world are all neutral, okay? They hold no power over you. What does hold power over you is your thought, okay? So this is a really important thing to understand, right? A to-do list doesn't make you feel any sort of way. In fact, the entire premise of like a stressful situation is a total misnomer. That is not a thing, right? Situations are just situations. The thoughts you're telling yourself about the situation can surely be stressful. Do you see that? Like, that's a really important distinction that we have to make here. So here's what I want you to see how this plays into overwhelm. If you're looking at a to-do list or your calendar or your schedule or, you know, the things that maybe you want to be getting done, and you're making that mean something very overwhelming or, like, stressful or, like, pressure-filled, Okay, Um, guess how you're going to feel? You're going to feel overwhelmed and pressured and all this kind of stuff. So I want to take you through an example with one of my students where we were talking about this exact same thing. So she had an afternoon in front of her, a day perhaps, that had a couple to-dos on it. And, you know, it wasn't maybe like a massive list of things to do, but each one of these things carried a lot of weight to her for various reasons. And so she shared that she was feeling very stressed out and very overwhelmed about these things. And so we sort of unpacked this and explored a little bit and got underneath the surface level tasks of the afternoon and into the stories about the things, okay? So when we looked closely, we realized that there were a couple threads underneath the surface here that sounded like this. I have to do it all. I have to do it perfectly. And I have to make sure that everybody is happy with how I do it and what gets done, okay? I want you to just like let that sink in for a moment because I know the reason I'm using this example is because I know she's not alone. I know that this is something really common. A lot of threads of narrative that we tell ourselves about we have to do what we have to do in any area of our life sound like that. I have to do it all. I have to do it perfectly and I have to make sure that everybody is happy. So we use the example. Well, first I want to just say like, Do you see how when that's what you're telling yourself, whether you realize it or not, of course you're going to feel overwhelmed? Like that makes perfect sense. Of course. That's a really stressful thought to believe. So I gave her this example that I wanted to offer you. If we just took maybe like a more low stakes like task, something that like most of us can appreciate, there's just really no 
no cultural conditioned pressure with, like washing the dishes or something like that, okay? If you took a task of like washing the dishes after just a regular day, not e- we're not even, there's no party, okay? It's just you in your house washing the dishes. <laughs> and you told yourself those same things about that task. Can you imagine how that task of washing the dishes just became this heightened, pressure-filled experience? Imagine believing about washing your own dishes that you have to do it all, you have to do it perfectly, and you have to make sure that everybody's happy with it. Do you see what you've done there? Like you've created an emotional experience about that thing that is just so charged and filled with like pressure and drama and like punishment and expectation that just doesn't need to be there. So, I mean, this is a whole thing all on its own. I know that you guys know this. We talk about this a lot. Of course, this is a massive theme that we unpack in depth inside She She Thrives Academy. Wow, I couldn't even say the name of my program. Inside She Thrives Academy, but I think it's a really important thing to, to touch on here when we're talking about overwhelm. If you're believing shit like that, no wonder you feel overwhelmed. You have to see that. It's not the washing the dishes and it's not your to-do list that is overwhelming you. It is the narrative that you are believing about that shit. And the good news is that you always have access to change that. That's totally yours. So to sum up tip number one on managing overwhelm, notice what you're thinking about the things because it is not the things. Okay, even though they may feel like facts to you, they are always beliefs and you always have a choice in what that is. And if you're noticing it's very stressy and bringing you a lot of anxiety, go here first. Examine what it is you're believing about these tasks that that is creating that sensation for you. Okay, notice about how notice how much you're projecting onto a very innocent, neutral circumstance and how it's affecting you, how it feels. Okay. Moving on, number two, this again is speaking to the concept of, you know, managing this feeling of overwhelm. And I think it's a really important one that we need to remember as well. Maybe you need to write this on a sticky note because it may be helpful for you. It's all a choice, team. You don't have to do anything. Isn't that kind of freeing to just like, Doesn't that feel like liberating in some ways to really like let yourself say and think and believe? Like all of this, every single thing in your life, (laughs) effectively, right? I mean, look around the space that you're in right now. Look at, I mean, like look at your life a lot. It's all a choice, okay? And I think when we believe that we don't have a choice, to me, that is just like the most disempowered place to exist. And I just don't recommend that to anybody. Like, that's just not a fun place to be when you always have the choice (laughs) to not feel that way. So here's what I want to say. I want you to understand that even something like paying your taxes, which like ostensibly everybody would like agree, you know, that's just something that you have to do. Again, I want to remind you that you don't have to do it, right? You could go live in a fucking jungle somewhere off the grid and like have that be your life, right? You choose to pay it. And I think it's really helpful for you to remember that and take ownership over that, right? So I know I'm using kind of taxes as the example because that's something that we all understand that it's just like, yeah, we all do. And most of us feel like we have to do it, but it's so much more empowering to realize that you don't have to actually, you're choosing to, okay? 
And so when we kind of bring this back to our example of a to-do list or our calendar, all the things that are going on or that we want to be doing, right? Maybe you realize that you want to start a business during this time, or maybe you realize that you want to be doing something, you know, something else. Like this isn't something that you have to do. It's something that you're choosing to do. And I just think that is just a really important thing to underscore a thousand times over because effectively what it does is it kind of ties into the number one tip that we were just talking about. If you're believing I have to do all of this, like how does that feel when you say that to yourself about anything? I don't even care what we're talking about. Right? I, it's like, I, for me, it's very pressury. It's overwhelming, certainly. Um, there's a lot of force and pushing involved in there. It's almost like a punishing sort of feeling, like you have to do all of this. And so when we shift gears on that and realize that we don't actually have to do anything, right? I think two things happen. Number one, I think we realize how much of our you know schedule or calendar or to-do list or tasks or whatever it is that we're speaking of. I think we realize how much we actually truly don't have to do, <laughs> right? There are certainly some tasks on there that we just feel like we maybe have to do coming from maybe somebody else, some expectations, some people pleasing, some not saying no, some not saying setting boundaries, right? I think all of a sudden it illuminates how much of that actually we do not have to do, which is important. You can take some things off that list of yours, I guarantee it. Okay, the second thing that that does when we shift gears um, is I think it just completely changes your experience of the things that you're actually doing, right? If we come back to the paying taxes example, when you remember that that's a choice and that's something that you're choosing to opt into because you, you know, want to live in a society where there's like public schools and whatever, whatever your reason is that you do that, it's such a different experience of the exact same circumstance and one in which you're far more empowered than feeling like you're getting dragged along and having to do all the shit that you don't really want to be doing. In other words, I think it shifts us into I have to, to I get to, right? We can come back to this example of, you know, realizing that maybe you want to build an online business right now. Um, That's not something that you have to do. That's something that you get to do. And again, the tasks maybe remain the same, but do you see how that completely shifts your experience of them and puts you in the driver's seat? It's just a much more empowered place to exist. I think that's a really important thing to remember when you are looking at something and feeling overwhelmed. Number one, notice the thoughts that are creating the overwhelm because it's not the circumstance itself. It's your stories about it. And then remember that you don't have to do any of it. So perhaps it's helpful to take some things off. Perhaps it's helpful to shift into like I get to. um, And just remember that you have far more power over this stuff than you're giving yourself credit for. So, okay, moving on. Number three on this list. This is shifting a little bit more into the productivity realm. Okay, so now that we've sort of addressed the idea of overwhelm and the feeling of where it's coming from and how to mitigate it or manage it a little bit, I want to talk about how we can actually like be productive with the time that we're actually using to do the things that remain on our list. So this is not an exhaustive list, but these are a couple things that I think are really important and not talked about very much. And so I wanna be sure you're hearing them from somewhere. Okay, so number three on this list is to be all there. This has several parts to it, but I really wanna break this down. 
okay? I think I've shared this on a recent episode that if you are, for example, resting, like you're like, you know what? I'm going to put my feet up. I'm going to like read a book for half an hour on the couch. There's a little bit of quiet in the house. I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to rest. So physically, you're laying on the couch holding a book, but in your brain, I, just, I feel like I just sounded like Tommy Haverford, no, the way I said book. <laughs> uh, I've been watching Parks and Rec. If you're laying on the couch resting, like your body is in rest, but your brain is listing off your to-do list and telling you that you really should be using this time to exercise or clean the house or, you know, set up your website or whatever, you are now existing in a state where you're no longer getting the benefit of either of those things, okay? So you're not getting the benefit of rest because your brain is not at rest and you're definitely not getting the benefit of cleaning the house or setting up your website because you're not actually doing it. So when I say be all there, this is what I mean. When you're resting, I need you to be like getting your PhD in rest right? Like you need to commit to that. And when you're in a moment of work or focus or creating, I need you to be all there as well. In fact, you'll be better equipped to be all there when you're having these moments of focus if and when you are also offsetting all of this with a proper amount of rest and downtime. It's, I mean, you can see this in any other pattern, like look at fitness or exercise or physical movement, right? The expectation that you would be able to do like CrossFit workouts, like three times a day, seven days a week, like three years on end is absolutely asinine, fucking bonkers bananas. We can all look at that and go, yeah, dude, no, no, right? You need a balance to that, right? So we rest, we have off days. Right. And it makes it so that when we show back up at the gym or, you know, on our walks or on our runs or whatever it is that we actually am able to are able to provide an output that is satisfying to us. Okay, it's interesting because I think a lot of us can see this when it comes to physical movement um, and our bodies that we are literally like not designed to be uh, going 24 seven period. Like that's why sleep is a part of nature. Like rest is a very important part of this. We see that, we get it. Um, Although I think some of us still argue with that concept in general, but for the most part, we understand why it's there. But I don't think that we've been able to transfer that over to this idea of productivity yet because we feel like, okay, well, if we're like awake, (laughs) that we should be doing something. And I'm just here to tell you that, uh, no, you don't. You absolutely don't. Friends, Rest is productive. And I'm going to go take that one step further and say that just existing in your body, in the world, and doing not a damn thing on top of that is also productive. Okay? This is the part of the conversation that I think is missing we become so focused on output and what we're doing and how busy we can be and how long our list of accomplishments can grow. And in the meantime, we've completely abandoned and like we scoff at the idea of sitting and doing not a fucking thing. 
Like, because we think that that is a detour from our path of busyness and productivity and ultimately goodness. So this is gonna segue right into the last thing that I have on this uh, tip list for you. But I really want you to hear me when I say that yes, offsetting your work with rest periods is important, and I, period. But just like we've been speaking about today, how you're thinking about this matters. And here's a nuance that I want you to see and make sure you're not falling into this trap. So yes, offset your work with rest, but please do not believe for a moment that the only way that you are entitled to rest is if you've been working. And the only reason why you should rest is to be able to produce more. This is important, team. There's nothing that you need to do in order to be able to earn access to doing nothing or resting or stopping or saying no or clearing an afternoon or clearing a weekend or whatever. There's no like list of qualifications. It's sort of like the, the eating ice cream version of like our schedules, right? Like I think more and more of us are realizing that there's nothing that we really need to do to be like, feel like we need to like earn ice cream. The concept of earning ice cream is so deeply flawed just on its own. And it's the same thing when we're talking about rest and work, right? You don't need to earn rest. <laughs> the concept of earning time off or downtime is a total fucking fallacy and it's playing you, okay? And I know when I say like earning, like downtime in general or time off, I think we tend to think of these big stretches of like vacation or whatever. And like, yes, that certainly counts, but know that this works on a micro scale as well in your day. You don't need to like, I mean, nobody can book a, va a vacation right now anyway, but like you don't need that. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking half an hour in your mornings before you do anything else to just sit and look out a window, right? I talked about this in the beginning, like. What if you feel like your to-do list is so long and everything in your body is saying, I just want to sit and stare into the void? Well, my answer is sit and stare into the void and be all there, right? Like be all in to that experience without sitting there looking out the window while your like, you know, brain is like has a CVS receipt of shit you need to do scrolling through on repeat. That's the reason why you're like, I feel so overwhelmed and so inspired and motivated. Like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I want to do nothing, but I feel like I have so much to do. It's like, I can probably guarantee that part of that is coming from a place of you feeling like you're resting. Like on the outside, your body is like physically, you know, maybe horizontal, like you're sit laying down on your couch, but your brain is going bonkers. You need to be all there. And this goes on both sides of the equation, okay? When you're in a moment of focus or work, be all there as well. Rest and play and downtime is never something that you earn access to. That is, that is, that's your job here is just to exist. Your job here is not to produce. And this leads us perfectly into my last note that I have for you here today. Friends, you are not your productivity, okay? You are not your output. You are not what you get done or what you don't get done. You're not any of those things, okay? This is a really challenging concept in today's world because so many of us believe the opposite. We really believe like deep down because we've been conditioned to believe that being is not enough, we must do. And this is just one of the many harmful beliefs that we internalize that completely shape 
and color our experience of who we are and what we want to what we want to do because it's almost like we don't really have a choice anymore like I was talking about earlier it feels like it's stuff that we have to do because somehow some way our value is tied into that and it just couldn't be further from the truth and I want to be sure you're hearing this somewhere being is your priority and doing comes secondary to that because here's why If you're really spending every single waking moment producing, working, focused on your output and prioritizing doing over being, at what point do you get to really like relish in the work that you're doing and feel satisfied with it? Right? This falls down the rabbit hole that we could go into and I've just talked about here before of this like this tomorrow-based later thinking that so many of us fall into. Like we're just kind of like waiting for something to, either something to make us feel better or that life is somehow going to be better on the other side of this week or like once we get that promotion or once we lose the weight or like it's always just kind of like later. Like there's this promise of later being better and in the meantime, we're never here now. And that's what being is, right? That's being here. It's being present. That's being grounded and being all in into this moment instead of everything that you have to do in order to earn access to enjoyment of this moment. There's nothing that you have to do to enjoy this moment and certainly nothing that you have to produce, right? Your productivity is not related to your ability to enjoy your life and you need to stop telling yourself that. See what happens when you put being overdoing. Just see what happens. Try one day this week. Try one hour this week and see how it feels. I want you to notice that if you do that, right? You're probably going to notice a lot of chatter in your brain coming up about why it's wrong, why you can't do it. You definitely shouldn't be doing it. I want you to know that again, all of this is just, is just our thoughts and we do not have to believe them, even though they may feel like facts. They're not. Your priority is being, not doing. And here's a couple questions. I just want to leave this whole conversation that we're having here today on. I want to leave you with this. Who are you without your work? Who are you without maybe your fitness or your sport? Who are you without your schedule? This is something that a lot of us have been confronted with now that everybody's social life evaporated overnight. Who are you when that's gone? Who are you without your achievements? If these questions kind of make you like, oh good, I don't know the answer to that. Notice that, all right? Notice that because you are not your achievements. You are not your schedule. You are not your busyness, your productivity. You are not your fitness and you are not your work and you're definitely not your output, okay? You are so much more than that. So I encourage you to just practice being overdoing for just like a minute if you can. I'll tell you that my husband always uh, laughs at me about this because it's very true. My favorite thing to do in the world is to sit alone in a quiet room doing nothing. (laughs) Like literally, well, maybe it's like top three because like sleeping and eating are definitely contenders as well. But that is legitimately one of my favorite activities. And I find a way to weave it into my day in whatever capacity I have available to me. Whether that be a bigger chunk of time or a smaller chunk of time, I find a way to make it happen. And on a related note to just tie this last piece up here before we do a little sum up, 
is here's something that I've noticed, and this is really important. I hope you're sitting down and you're listening to this. When you're asking yourself, am I doing enough right now? Or when you just feel like maybe you're not doing enough, very often, if you peel back a couple layers there, not always, but often, the question you're really asking yourself is, am I enough? And it's generally that question that is fueling so many of these these belief systems that we're operating under that like we need to make up for this deficit that we hold about not being enough. And so we need to achieve and perform and succeed and work and produce. Because if we set all that down, all that would be left is us and we don't feel like that's enough. Right? We often use doing as a proxy for being not only out there in the world, but how we're thinking about ourselves and usually ends up hurting us. And just to be clear, I'm going to answer that question for you. Uh, You are. You are. And there is nothing that you need to do to be worthy or valuable. That's built in, baby. That is built into your bones. That's just part of existing, which is why I highly recommend you remember and remind yourself as frequently as possible that existing is productive, resting is productive, being is productive, and there's nothing extra you need to do on top of that unless you choose to. And that brings us full circle because I know that even though, of course, being is far more valuable than you're doing, there are, of course, things that you would like to be doing out there in the world for whatever reason. And so I hope that this list helps you clarify some of this, makes it feel better for you. And just a quick recap, number one, remember that how you're thinking about the things or creating your experience of them, it's not the things themselves. Okay, so if you're telling yourself that you have to do it perfectly or, like I was just talking about, that somehow your value is wrapped up in the doing of these things, um, you can expect it to feel overwhelming and pretty fucking shitty. But you always have access to that thermostat and I suggest you adjust it accordingly. That's hard to say. Suggest you adjust it accordingly. But yeah, that's true. Number two. Remember that there's really nothing that you have to do. From getting up in the morning to paying your, paying your taxes to you know emailing your boss back, you don't have to do any of it. So maybe this helps you clear some some stuff off of your list that you don't, you know, that you really realize you don't have to be doing at all. Or maybe this just shifts your experience of the stuff that you are doing into a more empowered, enjoyable place. Either way, you don't have to, you get to. And whatever you're choosing to do, I want you to be all there. From sitting and staring into the void to, you know, going after your dreams to attending that Zoom call, right? The Zoom social hour. You don't have to do it. You always have the option to say no, but should you choose to say yes, be there. Don't be there while you're also then telling yourself all of the other shit that you should be doing or how you should have said no or la la la. Whatever it is that you're choosing to do, stand behind it, stand firm, be all in, and then move on. I also want you to know that resting just for the sake of being able to produce, I would argue is not really being all in on resting. So there's an angle to consider. And then lastly, you are not your productivity. And if you notice constant questions about, should I be doing more? Am I doing enough? Did I do enough there? How can I be doing more? These questions are often a tell that the work that we really need to be doing is not a bunch of tasks, but rather, inner work on ourselves to remind ourselves that you are enough without achievements, without any of that bullshit. The answer is always yes, you are enough, period. Okay? 
So I hope you got something out of today's show. If you enjoyed it, please let me know. I think that's all I got for you today. Until next time, friends. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to share a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button while you're at it. If you're looking for some more She Thrives goodness in your life, you can find me posting over on Instagram at She Thrives Blog. And if you're interested in learning how to work with me inside She Thrives Academy, head over to my website at www.shethrivesblog.com to learn more and check out all the deeds for you there.